morning. Today's subject is the second Christmas Advent candle, the candle of peace. The first Advent candle, the prophet's candle, represents hope, the very base of our Advent anticipation. This candle referred to as, the second candle is referred to as the Bethlehem candle, represents peace. Our Father, the Lord, is the God who gives peace. This second week of Advent causes us to remember that because of Jesus, we can personally experience a Christmas free from turmoil and chaos. Regardless of our circumstances or our situations, Jesus offers us peace that passes understanding. The paradox here is that the day finally selected for Christmas by the early church was a widely celebrated pagan holiday with riotous pagan celebrations. So the same day was chosen for Christmas to celebrate the birth of Christ so that the Christians could do so in peace, free from a harassment of pagans, be occupied in their own drunken celebrations, but perhaps evangelize some of the party-goers' fallouts. One of the prophecies about Jesus calls him the Prince of Peace. That's in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. When the angels appeared to the shepherds, they ended their message by saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When Simeon saw baby Jesus in the temple, he thanked God that he could now die in peace, for he had seen the Messiah. Peace is a word widely used today to which people apply their own definition. So we as Christians need to see how the Bible describes peace. It is far more than the absence of war or violence. In Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom. Throughout the Bible, shalom is used in several ways. When people are feeling physically well, others say that they are shalom. That's in Genesis 29, 6. People who have shalom with God have his protection and blessing. That's in Numbers 25, 12. Shalom with God is to be in a state of awareness of the presence of God that comes from trusting in him. That's Isaiah 26, 3. However, the Old Testament also talks about Israel having peace with God through a covenant. And that peace was conditional. When the nation strayed from following God, he withdrew his shalom from them. That's in Jeremiah 16, 5. By the time that Jesus appeared on the scene, Israel had been ruled by other empires for 600 years. So shalom with God had been absent from the covenant people for quite a while. Jesus talked about peace on several occasions. During the Sermon on the Mount, he taught that peacemakers are blessed and will be called sons of God. That's Matthew 5, 9. Then at the Last Supper, as he told his disciples that he would leave them soon, Jesus comforted them by saying, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. That's John 14, 27. It is not just the absence of conflict, but the complete sense of well-being, being in the presence of the Lord. As his followers learned when Jesus died and then rose from the dead, he did not bring peace by overthrowing governments. Instead, he brought peace for Jews and Gentiles by dying for them. 
He became a sacrificial lamb, dying for humanity's sins once and for all, Hebrews 9, 12. In doing so, he made peace between humanity and God, 1 John 2, 2. Therefore, everyone who believes in Jesus, and that's everyone who believes in Jesus, made peace between themselves and humanity and God. Divinity and the resurrection achieved, <clears throat> is achieved peace with God. Their sins are paid for, and they gain eternal life. How we should long for, pray for, and work for the coming of God's redemptive kingdom in Christ into our own world and culture today. To bring peace to war-torn Ukraine, Eritrea, Sudan, Yemen, just to name a few. Reconciliation to Palestinians and Jews battling over rights to land. To quell the threat of nuclear buildup in Iran and North Korea. To bring civility, a big, big problem here, but to bring civility to American politics and a nation deeply divided over cultural values. Are we ready for the return tomorrow? Few were ready when Jesus came the first time. Folks like Simeon and Anna, who knew their scriptures, and people like Elizabeth, Zacharias, John the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. But most of us are not ready. I submit that it is true today. Advent provides us with the opportunity to get ourselves back into shape spiritually. Advent is the time to be renewed spiritually so that we will be ready to remember and celebrate Jesus' incarnation and birth at Christmas time. <clears throat> the season of Advent, then, is a time of hope or longing and expectation of His kingdom coming. It will be on earth as it is in heaven. It is a time for spiritual reflection and a time for new and stronger commitments. We should also be preparing our hearts and minds to the, for the peace of God, for a closer walk with Him, and for His service so that we will truly be prepared for that moment when the appearance becomes real. As a footnote, the Christmas song, Silent Night, was originally written specifically for female voices to be accompanied by a guitar. The motivation for the format, which drove the writing of the song, was that the church organ was broken and could not be used for Christmas service. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way, and the Lord be with you all.